I thought that I would start with one activity and then go in and just um, ask you all what's been going on with you. And um, I know, Kirsten, you asked me to do, you asked people to start with some kind of mindfulness practice every time. And I'm going to go about that in a little bit different way without having like a grounding meditation kind of thing, um, more of a mindfulness um, in this exercise that is something that you can bring to every interaction with your kids. Because I think mindfulness is just simply, and I, you know, I'm no, by no means an expert, um, mindfulness is simply being present and aware of every given moment. Um, so you're just in moment to moment being mindful of what's going on. And we can use our, the interactions we have our, with our kids as a, um, whatever the word is, as a trigger, as a reminder, as something that brings us to a mindfulness practice of, of being mindful in the moment. And so, um, and it's, it's uh, I did not develop this, it's, um, it's from Alfred, it's Adlerian Psychology, it's um, Positive Discipline, it's uh, A, B, C, D, E. So the A is your activating event. What is your activating event um, that can, you know, they can set you skyrocketing, that can bring you from zero to 60, or is just even a mild um, event that's bothersome with your kids. And so, because the second part of that is B, your belief. So we can have an activating event with our kids and we can just dive right in without being mindful at all, without even thinking about it, with just like going headstrong into it with trying to correct or fix or um, reprimand or get through the situation or stop it or, or whatever. Or we can go in it mindfully where the activating event becomes sort of our trigger or our... Um, I'm not thinking of the right word, but the reminder, the thing that goes, bing, ah, the activating event. That's my cue to be mindful in this moment. I know this behavior is something that triggers me and trips me up every time. And it's one that can send me from zero to 60, you know, in a heartbeat, or if I don't be careful, it's going to ramp me up pretty quickly. So that's your thing that says, ah, I need to be mindful right here. And you go to B, what is my belief? What is my belief or my fear or the feelings that this event is bringing up? So, I mean, let's just use something like what's going on these days. I'm trying to get some work done. My kids are home 24 seven. My activating events is my kid going, mom, 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 I need you, mom, mom. That's my activating event. Okay, instead of diving in and trying to fix or change or whatever, what's my belief? What's my fear? Um, what is this bringing up for me? Because that belief is what then fuels your reaction. And so that's why it's always like, okay, what is going on for me in this moment um, that I can be aware of and that I can then maybe tweak so that I don't have to go in with the quick reactive piece, the, the anger, the fix, the whatever. Um, so my belief when the kid goes, mom, 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 I need you, mom, mom, might be, oh, I never have time to myself anymore. I just need some space. 
or it could be Charlie I told you you were supposed to and this was my time and it was just an hour you're supposed to go do your thing or whatever so so you've got these beliefs like my kid will never focus on anything or this was supposed to be my time or whatever what is your belief what are the feelings what are the what are the fears um, or my kid will never learn you know what is your belief about a child who feels like who you feel like always needs your attention for example so then you go to C which is a consequence um, and, it's, and in my mind C has a couple parts of it one is um, the reaction your reaction so the consequence of your reaction but it's also the emotional consequence that that reaction has on your child or yourself. So you think about what's the consequence of my reaction, which is fueled by my thought or my belief or my feeling, which is triggered by the activating event. Um, so, so and then you have a consequence of your reaction. And before you go on to D, this doesn't necessarily happen in the moment, but you could reevaluate in a different time. Did that work? Did the was that consequence productive? Um, did it work? Did it get me where I was hoping to go? Did it promote or fracture the relationship? What was the, what was the outcome of that consequence? And so then D, is disputation, which is another word way of saying, um, how can I retell the story? How can I rewrite that belief? How can I come at this with a different perspective or a different thought or a different feeling? Um, and so you can be, and that's where, you know, sometimes having some outside help or perspective can be helpful. Um, okay, it's not that my child is, really distractible or is a bad kid he just needs something right now and so with the, in the way i work and the philosophy i use um, there's a reason or a purpose for every behavior there's always something behind it and a behavior sticks because it works so a child is getting something out of this behavior otherwise it wouldn't be a behavior that continues so what is the child getting what does the child need um, and there are a few like big picture things that kids need, um, acceptance, love and belonging, um, attention, power or control, which I lump into the same kind of category. Um, and that's not power or control over someone else. It's power or control over myself. So it's, it's autonomy. It's, it's my ability to, um, make the world work for myself, to be independent, to make my own choices, to um, be able to move through the world. And our kids need that starting at around 18 months-ish, and it keeps growing, you know, until they leave our home and beyond. Um, so, so the disputation is sort of like, how can I retell this story? How can I let go of that belief and all of this is to get you to a point where you can get to neutral so you can respond to your kids from a neutral place and not that fiery reactive place because with those beliefs are often what charges us um, into that fiery reactive place. So the disputation is trying to get, get you back to, I don't have to go there. 
that this isn't going to be the end of the world. A child who um, needs my attention 24-7 right now is not a child who at 18 um, won't be independent. You know, we can go down these, these rabbit holes and go far into the future thinking about the outcomes of our kids. Um, and then E is encourage. Um, and so E is encouraging both ourselves, ourselves and our children. So um, encouraging ourselves by believing in ourselves and having faith in ourselves um, that we can, um, we can show up in a different way. We can um, tell ourselves a different story. Um, we sometimes will try to do that and, be, and approach with neutral, but sometimes we're not going to be able to, and so that's okay. We're going to, you know, it's two steps forward and one step back. Um, and it's being encouraging of our kids, um, it, you know, so that we acknowledge and encourage them um, in places where we feel like we see. It's so easy for us to um, notice, and I you know some of you have heard me say this before, but we spend a lot of time um, noticing the challenging stuff with our kids or correcting certain behaviors or micromanaging um, and we do less for whatever reason of just noticing when our kids are just being productive and kind and considerate or or just um, you know doing things on their own like hey Charlie I always use Charlie whatever uh, hey Charlie I see you you're over there you, you know I see you oh look at that puzzle what's your next piece you're gonna find and it's just it's just noticing and engaging it doesn't have to be that you're on them doing that with them. It's just a quick passing by, I see you. So, um, so that's the A, B, C, D, E. And, um, and that's the piece, that's the mindfulness piece. I think parenting is all about being mindful. If we can be mindful, we can approach every situation um, with a, in a way that's more neutral and less reactive so that we can be present for our kids and really consider what is it that they need in that moment. So that's my, um, my quick mindful um, spiel, I guess, <laughs> today. So um, I'd like to just open it up and remind me if everyone can just go around um, and remind me how old your kids are. Um, and just say a little bit, two or three minutes about what's going on for you right now. Um, you know, and what, what are you hoping to get out of this time that we have together? And, you know, this is a time for you all. And like I said, there's just four of you here. So please, you know, come, come at me with questions or challenges and let's break it down. Um, so who wants to start? I can start. Great. <laughs> um, so hi, Rachel, Alyssa. Hi. I don't know that we've ever met before, but I've seen you. Um, yeah. I have a almost five-year-old, so four and three quarters, okay. set to start kindergarten this fall. Fingers crossed that all <laughs> happens the way we want it to, right? Yeah. Um, and I have a seven-month-old as well. Okay. Yeah. Um, so normally my... Uh, 
Bowman, my four-year-old, is in preschool just two mornings a week, and then he has um, speech therapy on Wednesdays. And so in lieu of that, he has Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, a speech or occupational therapy session on Zoom every day now. And then we're trying to do some preschool stuff. Um, so that's how things have changed in our house. Um, I stay home with the kids, so that's not much different. We just normally have a busier schedule. And of course, my husband's home, so that's different in our house as well. Um, I think what's really interesting right now with our kids is um, my seven-month-old daughter is very, um, I hate to say advanced, but she's like almost crawling and wants uh, things and is already like stealing toys from her brother and stuff. Mm. <laughs> I didn't think I was going to have to deal with this for a while. But um, he, my Bowman is fantastic with her. Um, but probably the thing right now is like he loves to make her laugh, but it's like he doesn't know when to stop. Like at some point you have to get out of her face and you have to back up. And that seems to be like the biggest thing that right now is result. Like every day we have a thing about that. And it's like, I go to that B, which is he doesn't know when to stop is the belief that I have. Okay. So moving past that. And I know that, I mean, he loves interacting with her and I know that making her laugh is really, really fun. <laughs> I like to do it too. Um, but it's hard to, help them figure out that boundary there, so. Okay, great, yeah, thanks. Who wants to go next? I can go, bye. Bye. Um, so I've got six-year-old son and um, yeah, almost four-year-old daughter and um, we are, I think with the difference of one being in school and one being like having been in preschool, um, that, that has been a challenge figuring out, you know, how to engage him in the academic stuff, um, which I haven't been super stringent about. We've, um, I've basically said like, we're not going to do Zooms every day um for a, a lot of reasons um but it just it just wasn't working for us um and trying to keep some consistency there but feeling like ah this is it's just me like my husband works four days a week outside of the home right now and so it's just me on those days when we're trying to do schoolwork and um I've found that like the last couple of days I'm just avoiding being at home. I'm like, we're going to the elk feeding grounds for like three hours. <laughs> and we're just going to putz around in nature and that that has felt better for us. Um, but then like today it was like, well, we've got a lot of stuff on the schedule. Um, mommy's got the zoom call. I have to work this evening and, um, different things that need to happen. You know, like we do actually need to do some schoolwork of, um, you know, getting then back into a rhythm and it's just hard to find a balance um, between the schoolwork and then just like mm -hmm. being a family together and 
getting along and not not feeling like it's just this constant pressure to um, meet expectations. Mm, okay. Thanks. And I'm just taking notes because it helps me remember when we come back. Um, Haley, do you want to go? Mm -hmm. Haley, I have a 11 year old fifth grade daughter in dual immersion. Um, this has been a good um, transition, I think, to middle school for her quite a bit. Um, I also have a first grader boy. He is able to get his schoolwork done lickety split and then just wants to watch YouTube and videos. Um, there's definitely a, you know, double-edged sword with being on a Zoom call and then having access to, you know, go over and do whatever we want on the computer. Um, we are working through that. And I know a lot of what we talked about last time was technology. Mm -hmm. um, and then with my daughter, bouncing back to her, um, I've seen a lot of growth and enter what you were power control autonomy. Um, a lot of that coming to life, a lot of, um, you know, these middle school traits that she's going to need mm -hmm. to take on and really, you know, use to thrive in middle school when there's not that elementary, um, more remedial type of, you know, did you do your work? Can you show your work? All these other things. So yeah, you know, I'm, we're settling into this weird thing of staying at home. Um, and I have divided my days to where I'm the teacher all day, um, three days a week. And then my husband's the teacher two day, those opposite days. And then we're able to flip flop which is amazing. Um, I can't imagine Kirsten's situation with, you know, it's like, okay, okay. I don't have a way to time out. Like, you know, and even the days that I am the teacher, I'm like calling in the time out. Like, oh my God, they're melting down. And so, uh, yeah, that's a little bit about me. Okay. Thanks, Haley. Mm -hmm. Heather, are you there? Okay, Heather said she'd be back. She had to jump into something for work. Okay. Um, okay, so what I thought I would do there, um, where did it go? Let's see, there were a couple questions that came in in advance. And so I was gonna answer those or talk about those and then just dive into what's going on with all of you. Does that sound okay? Okay. Um, <laughs> Um, okay, let me see if I can pull those up. And I also have something that I could do if people are interested um, about showing a couple videos. Um, and we can, we can talk about that. It's sort of related to one of the questions. I'm going to just um, dive into this quick first one, which was what are appropriate guidelines for tech use by age? And um, What's really interesting is that Academy, the American Academy of Pediatrics has, I think, um, pulled back those exact guidelines because they don't want parents to feel the pressure to adhere to certain um, standards, and because, especially during this time. So what it was, I believe, is, is 
either 18 months, and maybe some of you know this more than I do, either 18 months or two years was recommended um, no screen time at all, and from two to five, an hour. And then beyond that, I'm not sure, a day, it's all a day. Um, and then beyond that, I'm not sure that they had specific time recommendations. But what, um, there's a couple articles out there, I think what, that have come up with, what's more important is, is the child, the content and the context. Um, and so, you know, being really realistic that if, yes, your kids are on uh, the tech because they have to be for school. Um, and they are also on it more because you, you just need them to be on it more because um, it's just the reality of how you get some things done and that's fine. And so I think, the message really is to not be beating yourself up over the head about any of it. Um, and we can talk about how to help move the kids away from it and how to set up some limits. Um, and I forget what we, if we talked about this last time or not, um, but to just be really mindful about, and, and you can, depending on your kid's age, you can be, you can ask them to be mindful about, um, how are your kids when they get off the technology? Uh, what is their demeanor like? What is their attitude, their um, emotional state and so on? Um, and so you can, you can say to your kids, wow, look, you are so upset right now or you are so aggravated or you are so, and maybe if they're calm and peaceful, that's, a, that's okay too. But if there's, there's something that's really challenging, you can just acknowledge that wow, you were on the device for two hours and I see how amped up you are. You know, what do you, what do you think? Um, so so it's, it's judging it by your child and how your child reacts or interacts or comes off of that device and how they then move through the world. Um, it's the content. So yes, of course, we all use digital media for entertainment. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, and so having some en entertainment uses is great, whether it's watching you know, mindless YouTube or Netflix or playing some video games. Um, but also see if you can put in there some, some you know, educational content, PBS Kids, Sesame Street, Mr. Rogers. Um, I mean, those are some of those are old school and there's a lot, you know, Daniel Tiger, there's, there's a lot of new stuff out there too, but there's also, um, uh, Museums are doing virtual tours. Um, so there's a lot of places that you can get educational content out, especially if you know what your kids are interested in. Um, dinosaurs, uh, you know, outer, outer space, um, you know, molecular biology or whatever. You can find stuff out there. Um, and then it's a context. So... Um, I say this with a little caveat because I know this, that you, you often are using the, the media so that you can have your own time, but are there times when you can engage in the media with your kids so that they're not just doing it alone, which, which we should be doing anyway, regardless of whether we're parenting during lockdown or if these were, you know, quote unquote, normal times. Um, so go show some interest in what your kids are doing on the devices or with the media or in that game or so on and spend some time in there with them. Um, but the point is to not get too 
worried about this. And, and I'm just curious, do people have questions? Do you want me to talk about setting limits around that? And I, like I said, I've talked about this to different groups, so I don't know if we dove in there last time I was with you. We did talk about it last time. Um, like, you know, I think I brought up the power struggle for right. remote or maybe unplugging the television or using a timer. And we've definitely been able to, um, you know, adopt some of those strategies for sure. Uh, yeah, it, it totally is like exactly what you're saying based on the child and how they react and just, right. you know, time and time again. And I can see that we're going to really have to <laughs> revisit this again, <laughs> you know, it, and it comes up daily for sure, if not multiple times daily. Um, but I, it is the most fun, you know, when you do that context and you get to sit down and enjoy something together and, oh, like, yeah, we were watching Minecraft together the other day. He was like, I want to watch it. And I was like, okay, I'll watch it. <laughs> you know, but then it's like, well, maybe this is, you know, what my mindfulness needed. Some guy building blocks with, you know, they're not even playing Minecraft. They're just watching someone else play the game. But, yeah, and, and bringing this back to the ABCDE um, yeah. is what is your belief or the thoughts that come up for you Mommy. with the kids engaging in the the media because I know it's a huge trigger for me. It, it's, it was when they were little and it still is now. Mm -hmm. um, I can get so worked up with them on that thing and that really fuels how I respond to them. Um, and so really try to be mindful about that. And I think, did we talk a little bit about connecting with them before mm -hmm. trying to get them off the device? Yeah. Kind of yes. giving them the warning and or sitting down. Oh, this is cool. Okay, now now you have the two minutes or whatever. But, right, and and yeah. because you because their brain is so focused on that, they need something to help them, and they need five minutes to help them disengage from that highly um, rewarding stimulus. Uh, so so helping them move their eyes away from the computer or the screen or whatever, and then. And then, you know, gradually, and then, and then moving, and then, you know, do you want to turn it off or do you want me to, or here's the next activity and, and moving them on to something else. Yeah, um, I kind of forgot about that whole connection part, like, yeah. oh, this is cool. I can see why you're enjoying this, you know, spending the time to look for the positive in the situation versus yeah. looking for the negative and the way to micromanage and fix it. Right. Yeah. Does anyone else have questions? Do you want, do people want to talk about digital media use more? I think for me, um, creating some like, guidelines for our family that are very clear, make it easier to have consistency when different parents are like in charge. Um, because I, it, it just often feels like, well, when mommy's in charge, it's one way. And when daddy's in charge, it's another way. And forming some agreements around that, um, so that, like I said, there's consistency and it's also doesn't set one parent up to feel like the bad guy. <laughs> um, and, and, and for me, it's just like, if I have, cause my husband is a very analytical person, if I have stuff like the American Academy of Pediatrics, what their guidelines are. It's like, boom, there it is. <laughs> right. 
right. I, I'm not the one making this up. The, this, these are kind of accepted um, standards, if you will. But yeah, so that was just mine. Right. Um, so I wrote an article a couple years ago about um, creating a family technology pact. And maybe I'll just post that on the M4M um, Facebook page for people to look at. Um, because it gives you a lot of ideas about how to do this together as a family and co-create a family agreement, uh, which is going to go much better than if it's a top-down approach, like, you know, parent my way or the highway. If your kids are bought in and have a say and get to um, co-create some of the agreement, then they're much more likely to be bought in. Um, so I'll, and, and, you know, it's been a year or two since I wrote that. So there are some things that you, you know, anyway, you, of course, you, all, you take what you read and you do what works for your family. This is not like the gold standard by any means. Um, the other thing that uh, can be helpful is to set aside specific times that are tech-free zones or tech time zones um, or tech-free time zones. Anyway, um, where from two to four or, you know, from half an hour before dinner till an hour after dinner, we just don't, no one engages, no one uses a device. So that means mommy and daddy, we put our phones in the basket as well. And if it rings, buzzes, dings, whatever, we don't look at it. Um, and so, and so then it's this, um, it's almost like the pressure's off. Like, do you feel the space there? We can't have our devices. So there's not, there's nothing that anyone can do about it. There's no argument. There's no, I mean, the, when you first set this up, Anytime you, you create new rules and change the whole system, the kids are going to balk and they're going to they're going to you know whine and cry and try to get their way because they they're not used to these new rules or they're not used to mom and dad enforcing them. Um, but if you maintain consistency in a firm and kind way, they will soon learn. From two to four, no one uses a device, and so then there's some freedom around that. Oh, okay, it's not even an option. And and you you know if they come whining or crying to you you about it you know the agreement and then you don't, you block them. You just ignore it because there's nothing, it's just the way it is. And if you go in there with that kind of conviction, um, they will soon get that, oh, okay, this is the way things work now. And they, and that any of their whining or crying or cajoling or whatever doesn't break you down because, because you can hold that boundary. And as an aside, when you hold and maintain boundaries in a firm and kind way, that teaches them how to maintain boundaries when they are older with their peers or with, you know, when they're in the backseat of a car, when they're 16 and someone's offering them sex, drugs, and rock and roll, they're like, okay, I know how to hold a boundary instead of this wishy-washy thing. Um, so anyway, I think there's some value in having some set tech-free times in your house and just maintaining a boundary around that. What else for everyone around tech? Okay. And just pop on if there's more you want to say. Alyssa, I just saw you pop back on. Did you want to add anything about tech use? Um, just, can I say one thing that's been helpful for us? Oh, yeah, of course. Um, so on the iPad, we use the screen time rules on there to set limits for individual apps and also time frames when any apps are available at all. So, you know, we have it set for my four-year-old gets more than an hour a day of screen time regularly now or not, and I'm okay with it. Yeah. So, um, but just, 
so we know. So it's like set for two hours for like YouTube kids. And that's what you get for the day. And then once it's gone, it opens up to other apps. And then there's certain times a day it's not available at all. So that's something my husband and I set up together. So we agreed on it ahead of time. And when it turns off, it's like, oh, well, those the rules, you know, <laughs> and it, it's already built in. And you can also like approve more time. And so sometimes if he needs like that connection and then a break, it's like, well, you can have 15 minutes and you give it 15 minutes and at the end of that, it's done. So yeah. it's a built-in timer and automatically turns off. So that's something, and we can control it from our phones as well as his iPad since we're all on iPhones. Yeah. So Alyssa, there's so many gems of, um, that don't even have to do with tech that you just brought in um, <laughs> with what you said. Um, that what works for, for one family isn't necessarily going to work for another. And so you know your family best. And I love that you can say, I'm okay with two hours. I'm okay with whatever. Like, I don't have to follow what the American Academy of Pediatrics says or what, you know, the parenting person says or what my friend is doing. Like, I know what's best for our family and I'm okay with that. And so do you see the confidence that's right there? Like, and that's what I, that's what I really hope for families that they can, can know and own that they are the experts in their own families. Um, and so, so just acknowledge that about yourself. Um, and, you know, and I know that comes, I know that comes and goes, but um, you know how to assess what works well. Um, the other piece in there, and I, I, you know, I don't know if it's quite there for you yet with your almost five-year-olds, but um, how much control can we give our kids? So what, um, so that screen time app, we use it in our family and my kids are 13 and 15. We use it in a different way where we just, every Sunday we look at the screen time and it tells you how many hours you've used or how the average hourly use per day. It tells you what apps you're um, using the most time on. It tells you how many pickups, uh, what apps you used first after pickup. It, it gives you some really interesting information. And so on Sundays, we've started to, everyone pulls out their phones and we all look at it and we're either like, yeah, I rocked it. Or like, oh my gosh, that was seven hours a day. <laughs> you know, they use their phone for Zoom calls in school and all that. So we take that into consideration. But, um, and then we set goals for ourselves to see, you know, like for me, mine is email. I check my email for no reason too much. It's just my addiction. <laughs> Um, and so I'm trying to decrease my, you know, my, my pickups just to look at my email, which most of the time is nothing really important there. <laughs> so, um, and so giving your kids some control over that and the earlier you can give your control, your kids control over aspects of their life, which is age appropriate. It doesn't, maybe they're not ready for it in the tech realm because it's so addicting. Um, you know, our kids need support in that in a younger age. Um, but wherever you can give your contr kids control over their own lives, the less they're going to need control over you, the less they're going to need to engage in power struggles with you or with their siblings, um, the more they're going to feel competent and confident, like, hey, I can do it. Hey, mom and dad, trust me. Hey, they've given me reign over this. Um, and then you just keep amping that um, what you feel like they can, you, you give them over the reins more and more and more. In their lives and a lot of that starts with, with these younger kids it's self skills and it's home skills so um, self skills I know whether I want to take a bath or a shower um, I want I like to bathe every day I only like to do it once a week um, 
I like to get up with an alarm clock. Well, and, and I, you know, I encourage you all to teach your kids how to get themselves up with an alarm clock on their own. I like to get up with an alarm clock that plays music or that goes bang, 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 bang. Um, I like to wear pajamas. I like to wear my Superman outfit. I like to just go to sleep in my underwear. I don't like to wear clothes at all when I sleep. So how much can we turn over the reins to our kids with these choices that really in the long term have no big consequence except for that we have the B, those beliefs. I believe that kids have to wear pajamas to go to bed. I believe a child has to go to bed by nine, nine at night. I believe that a child who doesn't get enough sleep is going to blah, 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 blah. So, so how can we step back? And if it's not morally or physically dangerous, um, give control over their lives to our children um, in an age appropriate way. And in a way that maybe you've had to teach them skills. You don't just like open the gates and say, go at it. Maybe you've scaffolded it. So you've taught them the skills on how to do like, your kids at ages four, three and up can start helping making, make breakfast. Two and up, they can even help a little bit. Um, but you're not gonna say, here, go cook some eggs if they've never learned to turn on the stove, handle a hot pot, crack an egg, and so on. Um, there's this amazing video of these, this, um, I posted it on my Facebook page months ago. Um, this child, I don't know, he was probably three or four cooking um, over an open flame, a big wok and cooking um, a meal. I think his parents had probably chopped up the vegetables and the eggs and the rice and so on. But he's cooking over an open flame and serves his brother this food that he cracks the egg and stirs it and deals with the hot stuff. And he's three or four. So my, the point is like our kids are capable if we trust that they can do it. And so where can you trust your kids um, and give them responsibility? And that's just going to do a world for how they feel about themselves. So I went on a, a huge tangent from media to letting your kids make their own breakfast. Um, but anyway, you, you see, you saw where I was headed, where I was going. Um, I'm trying to think, Alyssa, was there anything else in there? that you wanted me to say anything to, or just that you, yeah. Okay, so I appreciate you bringing that up. So, and so with any of you here, um, you know, I am not the ultimate expert. You all do a lot of things in your houses that work well. And so let's just share um, what works. Um, okay, so my next, the next question uh, was, and this is where, I'm, I'm tempted to show you a quick video if I can figure out how screen, screen sharing works. How can I get my kids to engage in a safe, fun, independent activity while I work or get some me time? Every time I try to settle something up and think I've made it clear that I expect them to stay out of trouble, they end up leaving the agreed activity and get into stuff that they aren't supposed to play with. I need some water. <laughs> That's a mouthful. Okay. Um, Okay, if we go back to the A, B, C, D, E, um, activating event is perhaps I've set up an activity and the kids aren't sticking with it. And so, so I think I sort of did, I, maybe I used this example a little bit when we talked about the A, B, C, D, E's. I would always go to my belief. Before you go to anything else, what's my belief? Um, and what's my fear? 
Um, and how does that impact how I even set up this thing? And I've got, a, like, there's a lot of things to, to die. There's a bunch of different layers here. Um, but I can imagine if you're anything like me or that I was when my kids were that age, um, I'm already thinking about this in my head. Yeah, I'm going to set this up. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to have us all these, these things going on and I am really nervous and my anxiety is already going because I, my, my history tells me that this is not going to work. So I'm already set up myself up for failure and it's got me, maybe it's got me into in, this energy level where um, I'm setting up this activity and I'm already sort of blaming my kids for not sticking with it before the activity has even started. <laughs> I, you know, I'm just, I don't know if that's whoever asked this question, if that's what's going on. It's, you know, it's one possibility. So you just want to check like, what is, where am I energetically and emotionally um, as I'm going into these things? And what energy is that then giving off to my kids? Um, so, you know, you better stay in this activity. And I don't think anyone's saying it that way, but um, uh, it, it's just, there's an expectation. And so the, the, a great article, and I'll, if you, if you want, do you want me to just be posting these articles that I come up with? So there's another really good article that came out about play. Um, I'm just going to write that down so um, I don't forget to post those. Um, about independent play. There's a couple of them, actually. So if we, um, you know, uh, so Alyssa, you've got a seven-month-old. So we'll just use her. Is it a boy? Girl. Um, okay. I'm a lip reader now. <laughs> so, um, so she's playing with a rattle and I'm not saying I'm not making any judgments about you. I have no idea what you do with your daughter, but this is often what we do. She's playing with a rattle or she's playing with a toy and we come in and we show her how to play with it. Um, your child is playing with Legos and you come over and you put the, you start putting them on top. Um, your child has, um, is pushing the cart around the room and you say, good job. And so um, to just, I'm just going to leave that there and I'm going to see if I can find this video to play. Um, I have so many tabs open. I am, I am so guilty of that. Um, Okay. So let me see if I can screen share. This is, um, this is a two, this is a three minute video. It is a set of, it's a contrasting set. I've never done this with a group before. I've just been trained in doing it. So this is my FFT, my fucking first time, if you excuse my language. Um, that's all from Brene Brown. I didn't make that up myself. Um, so it is a, it is a, is a parent and, a, and children playing together one set and then another set and they're contrasting. And so we're just gonna, I'm just gonna play them both together. So I'm gonna share my screen, share screen. Um, make that big. I have to minimize you. 
make that big. Okay, hopefully you can all see this and hear it. If someone can't hear what's going on, um, I think it'll work if you just unmute yourself and yell at me and yell at me. Okay, here we go. Okay. Um, can everyone hear me again? Okay. So, so take off um, your screen, sh your mute, unmute yourselves. Um, tell me what you noticed. It was really hard to hear the audio. Like I couldn't really hear it at all. Um, okay. So you might need to recap a little bit on what some okay. what was being said. Okay. Darn. Okay, I'm not sure how to do that. Everyone have the same experience? Darn. Sorry. Okay. Um, and I definitely didn't see the chat. Um, 
Okay, so in the first video, um, the mom was more involved, was directing the play a little bit, was saying, do you want to make sides? Um, here, here's how you make sides. And sort of showing her how to do it and much more involved. The dad in the second video was um, observing, commenting, handing some toys, asking questions, um, but really letting the child take the lead. Um, so can, can anyone make any, does anyone have any comments based on that or can you, is it hard to do because you didn't really hear what was going on? I mean, based on what you're describing, I would say that the first video is how I feel when I'm trying to play with my kids in my house. The second video is when I, when we are out in nature, it's like mm. easy for me to just be like, go discover, play, what interests you? Like when we went down yesterday to the elk feeding grounds, south of town, I had just said like, you know, we need to make a list. And I said, you might want to bring a field journal. But I didn't even really say what a field journal was for. And when we got there, my son just got it out and started like drawing what he was seeing. And I didn't say, oh, you should go draw it. And it was like, oh, that's cool that he just, like he could have been making notes or whatever. Um, but then in our house, I think I get a lot more controlling about, well, then like, the messes when certain toys are used or, and, and I just get a lot more anxious. And so maybe that's for me, why I find myself gravitating toward the outdoors right now, because I feel like I actually have the freedom to let them play in ways that are meaningful for them. Okay. Thanks, Kirsten. Does anyone else have anything to say? notice anything about those videos? It doesn't relate to play, but it relates to my level of overwhelm or level of like I'm hearing what Kirsten's saying and I'm like, I tend to get more in my own head at the house or like with chores and laundry and oh, I'm looking at this huge pile or, you know, but if I'm, if we're not at home, then there is that level of, you know, just take myself out of the situation and engage and you know, look at your child and listen to them more versus you will do it this way because we have all these other priorities, you know, and being that kind of micromanager versus the fun dad that all the moms are like, <laughs> you know, or whatever. But they, when you were giving us the overview of the video, because the sound we couldn't really hear, I was like, oh, it's the fun dad. It's the fun dad. Right, right. Okay. And Alyssa, do you want to add anything? Um, I could, t I could kind of tell without even hearing the audio, like what was, what was going on. Um, and it is really hard, but I, I, I'm going to admit something that's going to make me sound like a really bad mom guys. I don't like playing with my kids. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't enjoy it for I enjoy it for like 10 minutes and then I, I don't want to be on my, I don't want to build magnetiles for three hours. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm always trying to get him to do it himself. Um, and so one thing that works for us, if I can share, um, I've gone onto like Pinterest and found like 
a list of 30 days of Lego challenges or 30 days of magnetile challenges. And so he likes to ask, what's the challenge today? And it's like, build a pirate ship from Legos. And then and I don't care what it looks like, right? And so he can, he does it. And that's the way that I've gotten him to play kind of independently with that stuff. And I do like to play with my kids, but I don't like, I can't do it all day long. I stay home with them. I, I can't do it all. Um, yeah, Alyssa, you are not alone. So okay. that's, yeah, no, and I mean, I've seen articles written about that. You know, it's not, it's not just like you, you and me and Kirsten. It's, it's a lot of us. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, it's enough so that it, you know, there's some articles published in New York times or Atlantic or I have post, I can't remember which one, but anyway. Um, so the idea about that is that the first mom was really trying to teach the child and, and, and I'm, there's no judgment between she, you know, the idea is that if we are always telling our kids how to play in their minds, we are the experts on play and they can't learn. They can't play without us because, and, and because we've always been in there with us, with them in the play and micromanaging and telling and engaging and, versus letting backing off like the dad didn't. I don't think this was a gender thing that the dad was one way versus the mom. It just happened to be a mom versus a dad. So um, anyway, uh, so versus stepping back and more watching the child play, making some comments here or there, asking curious questions, but really letting it be the child's experience um, do you see the difference between those two? And that if the child has always grown up with the parent in there directing or sort of influencing the play, um, independent play might be a little bit harder for kids. So, um, and I think that having more open-ended activities for kids um, you know, with stools and string and cardboard boxes or, um, buckets of water and various different, you know, you could do this outside now that the weather's nice buckets of water and Tupperware containers and sand and, um, uh, popsicle sticks, you know, and go make a boat and see what floats. Um, so, so it's much more open-ended and creative, you, your kids might stay more engaged. I don't know. Um, the other thing is, is this article that I did post on Mindfulness for Mamas um, about uh, bringing our kids into the work we do. And, you know, cultures all over the world, um, they're out working and their kids are just right alongside them. So in this example, the mom, um, is a writer and she has a four-year-old daughter and she decided she was going to bring her daughter into work, but she had expectations that were realistic. Like today, it might only be 10 minutes. Um, and tomorrow, maybe it'll be 12 and the next day, maybe 15. And gradually she worked her way up to an hour. So she started to say, Hey, daughter, Sally, Julie, whatever. Um, how about you draw some illustrations for my, the book I'm writing? And so she sat down to her computer and worked and the daughter did some things, her own work, um, you know, work. And 
And then she's built it up so that the daughter is now writing her own stories, even though she's four and can't really write. She's probably doing, you know, drawing stories or, or whatever, um, you know, stacking papers, stapling things for her. Um, and she's actually started to hold the mom accountable by saying, mommy, you're supposed to be writing right now, but your screen is, um, your screen's on your email or your screen's on Facebook or whatever. You need to get back to work. <laughs> so what is it that you can do to bring your kids into the work that you're doing? Um, whether it's, you know, I, I get it when it's a Zoom call, that's probably a little bit more challenging, but if there's other work you're doing, can they, you know, if you are planning a trip, which we're not doing right now, but can you bring out maps? Um, you know, I don't, I don't know what people are doing that they need to have free time, but can you bring your kids in so that they're doing their own work alongside you? Um, is my internet doing okay? Can you, can you hear me or my, okay. Um, so if I can go back to that question, um, or maybe let me just open it up to you with given what I've said, what, what else is going on for people? What thoughts do you have around this about trying to engage your kids so that you can have some time to yourself? I have found that um, in those, and it's more so when they're together <laughs> that they are getting into stuff that they maybe know that they're not supposed to get into, like my car or matches and trying to burn my house down. And I mean, <laughs> like, I'm not exaggerating here. Um, they can play independently pretty well. But when they're together playing without my supervision, it is like a recipe for disaster and um, have just have created, you know, even like gone, gone over to neighbor's houses and like tried to go into their house. And I'm like, five minutes. It's been five minutes. <laughs> like, how is that possible? Um, so like I... I think that's kind of for me where I, um, we talk about the rules of playing outside before they do. Like when, when you're playing outside and mommy is not here with you, you are expected to stay in our, um, okay. instead of saying you're expected, mm -hmm. ask them, what are the boundaries? What mm -hmm. can you do? What can't you do? Start engaging their brains rather mm -hmm. than dictating what they're supposed to do. Mm -hmm. so, so really bring them involved, get, get them involved. Um, and, and, and think about, so when they don't, when they haven't done that, when they've gone to the, get in the car, go to the neighbors, what is the response they're getting and have they learned to play a role given the response they're getting? So, um, so our kids, you know, they learn, they learn a little bit about who they are by how they're responded to that becomes their identity, how the world responds to them. Um, so are they now the mischievous kids who, you know, who don't follow rules and don't adhere to the boundaries, um, instead of talking about them in a different way. So just, I'm just wondering and curious about that a little bit, if that's sort of like who they've become in their minds. 
So, well, I'll use like the matches, for example. Um, they were, had been playing in their room. I was in the living room meditating, trying to take a little breather. And, um, and I guess they just wandered into my room and I have matches in my nightstand because I have candles in our, in our room. And they were, they had been playing with cars and um, had this tape and, and my son went to go light the tape on fire while he was sitting on my bed and it dropped on my bed. Um, and my response was, well, that that's super dangerous. <laughs> like the house could have burned down and I'm really scared that, the, you know, I'm worried. I'm glad that the house didn't burn down, but I'm really worried that that's not something that you thought through when we have talked multiple times about the fact that like, I will, you can help mommy light candles when mommy is involved in that process and I can supervise, but this is not something that you're allowed to play with by yourself because it's dangerous. You could really hurt yourself and someone else and maybe even burn our house down. <laughs> and I, you know, like in my mind, I'm like, like that's not exactly an exaggeration because something like that could happen. Sure. Sure. So I wonder if you went in with some curiosity or just a plain observation. Um, wow. I smell smoke. Look, oh, you, you've got, you know, you have matches in your hand. Look like you were trying to light some, light something on fire. You're really curious about these matches here. Let's go outside and let's, let's bring a candle. And if you want to burn some things, here's a safe place to do it. But, and then you, and then you maintain the boundary. This is not something you can do on your own. Um, you have to have mom or dad around. Um, and it's not okay to do inside the house. So if you approach it more on this neutral, like, oh, you were so curious, I get it. Mm -hmm. um, then they're, like, they're not bad kids, they're not bad kids. Like, you know, and, and then I know that's never anyone's right. intention, of course, but the way we respond and I don't, like I do the same thing or I did when my kids were younger, like we just get angry and we think we're supposed to do something about it in the moment. Um, but it's often if you can ignore the behavior and just uh, in the moment, just observe and narrate what you saw, acknowledge why they might've been doing it. And then you set up a system or an agreement or an expectation on the backside or in the, you know, later on. Um, because being in that, you know, in that heated place, doesn't help anyone. So, so, okay, let's go do this outside. Now, Colton, you know, um, where's a good, where's an okay place to, you know, to light a match and can you do this on your own? No. What could you do if you see matches and you're really curious about them and see what he says, get him to come up with some solutions. What could you do differently next time? Um, and then, and let him, you know, let, let your kids be the problem solvers. Let them come up with solutions and yeah, let them come up with some solutions. Um, I think acknowledging the curiosity, I mean, I, Chris, and I just, first of all, I want to say, and I should have said this right at the beginning, um, those things are hard. <laughs> that's hard. <laughs> like, then that's scary. So I get coming in hot and not that you did come in hot, but coming in with like, wait a minute, this is not what we do. Um, 
is a normal, is a total normal reaction. And that's, so that's your activating event. So, so that's the piece like, okay, activating event. I'm activated. I am, I'm really activating. This is, this is scary. Okay. What's my belief? The house could burn down. Yeah. That's really scary. Okay. And then, and then you go to the disputation. Wait a minute. The house didn't burn down. Everyone's okay. Um, they're just curious. They're just curious. They just, and I think there's something else about um, engaging you that, you know, they're trying to engage you. Um, that's a bigger piece of what's going on. So um, I don't know. Does that help at all? Yeah. Yeah, it does. And I don't want to make it seem like I was as calm responding in the moment as I was just describing <laughs> it to you guys, because I definitely wasn't. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was, I mean, and I think as much as even narrating for them, you know, for myself, and for them, like, it's going on, but also, sorry, I've got, um, dog sparking, um, That's okay. <laughs> that, um, in the moment saying like, to myself, like to the, my kids, you're really curious about that. Mommy, you're really worried about that. You're really scared about what could have happened because at least for me, until I do that, I can't get to the point where I then say, um, and it didn't burn the house down. Right. Um, it's hard to make that leap without first acknowledging those right. emotions that are coming up that are so, you know, disruptive that prevent me from like even accessing my you know, prefrontal cortex and all right. of that. Right. And so, right. And so this is really helpful to practice in times that aren't so activating that aren't, don't get you into your fight or flight place right away, because sometimes we, and, and we are human and we are not going to come in, you know, as calm little Zen masters, you know, all the time. Um, and that's okay. And that's totally normal. And I think I've said to some of you, there are studies that have so shown that, and I can't remember the exact percentage, but like 70 to 80% of our interactions with our kids are mismatches and that's normal. So like, let yourself off the hooks. It's okay. <laughs> um, so so can you practice these things? Because this stuff we want to, you know, often has to happen within like three seconds because the activating event happens and we need to respond. Um, but sometimes we don't need to respond right away. And, and I think, and, and I want to just move on here because I want to get to Alyssa and Haley's stuff too. And I know we didn't, um, Kristen, necessarily touch on what you came into this with, but you know, your first introductory comment, but um, where was I? Uh, that, did you, that we, um, sorry, you guys, that we need to practice because these things, they, you know, they can hit us quickly. Um, oh, because we don't always need to respond. That's where I was we can ignore things. If, if a behavior, you know, if our child is being snarky and disrespectful, it's okay to ignore and to move away. 
because you are at choice of what you will take and what you won't. And you can, and you can say, this behavior doesn't feel good to me right now. And this is more in your head. Maybe you say a little bit out loud. Um, so I'm just going to move away. And then you can come back at a different time or you can, you can say, Hey, you seem a little out of sorts. What's going on? I see how I see you're really angry right now that you're calling me all sorts of names, but we don't have to address the behavior in that moment. We can come back to it because sometimes it's our attention to a behavior that keeps that behavior going. If we pay less attention to the behavior, um, and more attention to the productive, positive behaviors, over time, you might very likely see that challenging behavior, the pesky behavior, fall off by the wayside. Um, okay, Alyssa, do you want to jump in? And, um, I actually have to run, guys. Okay. I have a three-pack that I'm um, driving to. But okay. thank you. Thanks, Haley. Bye. We'll see you soon. Okay. Take care. Um, Alyssa, so remind me a little bit about, um, okay, your son. Yeah. Um, not, um, yeah, tell me again. It's, it's like, a, you know, he'll do something really cute and make her laugh. And then he'll just keep doing it, you know, and just keep doing it, keep being right in her face, keep, if he was tickling her tummy, just do it more and more. And uh, it, it definitely activates this. Um, my son doesn't know when to stop, which is like a scary thing to me. Okay. Like, you know, just thinking forward in time. Um, and we talk about boundaries and we talk about, you know, if people aren't having fun, you have to stop. And um, it's hard with her because she's giggling and she thinks it's funny. And maybe I'm just getting forward to that. He's going to pinch her too hard or she's going to stop thinking it's funny. And then my whole then everyone's unhappy and it just makes my life harder. Okay. Way, you know? So, so there's a lot of wisdom in there and I really, um, you know, want you to acknowledge that you can acknowledge, uh, the thoughts and the fears that you have about a boy who doesn't know how to stop. Right. Because that's what I'm hearing. Um, is that that's really the only problem right then and there. Um, right. Because she's, she's actually having fun. She's actually giggling. She's engaged. So of course, why wouldn't he do that more? Because he's getting her attention. Yeah. He's having this connection with her. Um, they're enjoying their time together. Um, so, so really challenge yourself a little bit and, and put yourself in that hot seat of discomfort for a moment and say, yeah. this is all okay. And I actually, I'm going to, Stop for a sec because your earphone just came out. Okay. Um, and I actually don't know what the outcome of this will be. And it might actually be fine. And can I trust my son to just play with her? And, and if he doesn't, I'm just pausing. Just Thank pausing you. For a That's okay. No, no worries. Um, uh, and if he doesn't stop when she's telling him to, then he just needs to learn her cues and her signals. Right. And, you know, if you think about like wolf pups and bear cubs, they wrestle with each other. They tumble and play and one, you know, is at the other one and other ones are like this. And then the other one comes back and they sort of learn the boundaries with each other by their facial expressions or, you know, <laughs> love the baby. Yeah. 
um, you know, their facial expressions or their, their sounds or their, you know, play bows or whatever. And so your kids can learn that with each other as well. Um, but you, if you jump in the way, they're never going to learn. Right. And, right. and you want their relationship to develop together, mm-hmm. um, where they learn from each other, where she can stick up from her, for herself and doesn't need mommy to come in and save her. Um, and so, so can you just sit in that? Um, and of course he doesn't know when to stop because there's no reason in his mind to stop. Right. Right. Cause I, I always am getting in the middle of it before she gets mad or before I feel yeah. like she's going to get hurt. But I mean, right. really, yeah, I mean, what is he? I mean, these are all pretty controlled scenarios. He's not really going to hurt her. He just, she might get annoyed that he tickled her too much or that, um, you know, maybe he pinches her a little hard, but that's not like a long-term thing. And he'll learn when she squawks, I guess, that that right. was too hard. Right. Yeah. Right. So, uh, you know, encourage the, I mean, the sibling bonding that can happen that way is so great. And she is delighting in him doing this with her. Yeah. Um, and I just really appreciate that you can acknowledge that you're, it's your fears getting in the way. Um, and so it's always, you know, it's always catching yourself. That's the mindful piece, catching yourself. Oh, oh yeah, this is all about me. It's not about them. It's about me. Right. And then how can you, what do you need to do to quell that, to come in with neutral, to maybe engage with them and say, oh, look at how much she's laughing at you. Look, you know, and so then you are actually, uh, reinforcing the bond look at how much she's laughing at you oh she loves it when you tickle her there mm-hmm. and you can point out like if she cries oh do you see that I guess she didn't like I mean maybe you don't need to because he knows and he stops but oh, it looks like she didn't like that one but look I think she likes this one mm-hmm. and so he will learn yeah yeah That's um extremely helpful thank you okay. for oh, for that course. and yeah. kind of helping me work through what exactly it was that was bothering me and why yeah. I got in the middle of yeah 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 um and with her you know she so two things about her she's now crawling and getting into his stuff mm-hmm. um and I mean, so, she's just getting there but yeah but she will get there <laughs> yeah um so i mean there's a couple things you can do it's okay to have um baby free zones mm-hmm. for the older one um you can put up boundaries or gates or different rooms and this is baby free time so that he can play without the anxiety and worry of someone coming and knocking down all that I've created. Um, and it's also okay to let there be times when it's not baby free and that he has to, um, that he can bring her into the play and that he has to learn to get through these challenges and quell that feeling of anxiety that might come up if she's about to knock something down or to teach her, um, you know, to be able to bring her in. Here's this block. I don't know her name, but you know, here's this block, little sister. Yeah. Yeah. Here's this block, Steely. Do you want to put it here? And she might not have the dexterity to put it there right away, but, Mm -hmm. um, or can he say, Hey, Steely, this is block is yours. You play over here and these blocks are mine. Mm -hmm. So, so he can teach her and set boundaries as well, but also you just don't want to rescue all the time right? because then he never learns how to bounce back. I mean, this is true with our kids everywhere, every time. Like we don't want to be rescuing all the time because then they, they never learn that they can do it on their own. So, um, 
Yeah, we've got just a few minutes left. I sort of bounced all over the place, um, jumped around, and I'm sorry the videos did not have the audio going with them, but what else? Any questions or thoughts or comments for the last little bit? Um, this one's about ready for a nap, so it's probably okay. about time for me to go too, okay. but um, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Um, that was really good. I'm glad I was able to get on. Okay. Yeah, me too. Okay. Take care, Alyssa. Bye. Yeah. Thanks, Alyssa. Bye. See you hopefully tomorrow morning. Okay. Uh, Rachel, thank you so much. Yeah. Um, yeah, this was a, a great call. I feel like I, there's some of this that I think I'm going to have to like sit with the um, belief part a little bit longer and unpack that because, um, yeah, it does seem to be maybe not necessarily like exactly the same situation for everything, but it's that similar feeling and thought pattern and um, digging a little bit deeper um, into that. Yeah. And I think the the belief part is something that takes a while to wrap your head around and to understand and to get at and to really understand even that it matters. Um, but really what's, what it's about is how can you get to neutral so mm -hmm. you can approach any situation with neutral. And it's not that you are giving up or giving in or being permissive. It's just that you're approaching it with a different mindset. Mm -hmm. um, and, and it's the same with ignoring or not addressing a situation right in the heat of the moment. You can still come back to it. It's just that you're saying right now is not a good time. And I value the relationship, um, more mm -hmm. than anything else. And I know if I come in hot, it's, it's not going to help anyone. And I'm going to do, I mean, I, and I was in the same place when my kids were little, I'm going to do or say something that's going to fracture the relationship. And I did, <laughs> and it wasn't good. Um, yeah. And yet that happens and that's normal and that's okay. And there's no reason to come back and say, oh, I'm ruining my kids, which is what I would say about myself, or I'm a bad mom. You just go back and you repair. Mm -hmm. Hey, you guys, I yelled at you. I was angry and I lost my cool and I'm sorry. Um, and then you just come back and, and, and you just, you know, two steps forward, one step back. We're all human um, and, it's all, and it's okay. And you love your kids and you connect with them and, and that's, you know, what matters at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of times when, I mean, at least for me, when I do dig a little bit deeper, I realize it's not even the reason I'm getting really upset is not even necessarily because of something they're doing or not doing. It may be because, wow, like I feel overwhelmed that I'm with my kids for those four days and it's all on me and I have no way of tapping out. And that kind of the, maybe the belief of like, it's all on my shoulders and I don't really have a break. And, um, and that that's not anything that they control. It's not that they're doing or not doing anything. It's just, there are other things that then when something happens, it's just like, boom. Yeah. Now and, I'm feeling it. Right. And that, um, I mean, I think that's going on with a lot of families, this feeling of overwhelm. And, mm -hmm. you know, I, I say this knowing that it's um, probably uh, sterile is the best word I can come up with at the moment, but it's a little sterile sounding because uh, it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily help in the, in the heat of the moment. And it's easier, you know, it's easier said from me behind the computer screen in this 
room when I'm not surrounded by, you know, four and five year olds or, or whatever the ages are. Um, but it's that saying, and I'm not going to say it right, but, but the, um, the disconnect between ex expectations and reality leads to maybe resentment. Um, so, so we are all in a new reality and we can rail against that reality or we can say, this is my reality right now. This is, this is where I am. So we have the freedom to cho choose in any moment how to react. And I, and again, I say that knowing that that's not an, that's easier said than done. And we've got habitual patterns and we've got, you know, we go into our fight or flight and we have reactivity. Um, um, okay. I'll be, I'll be over in just a second. We're almost done. Oh, he can't hear me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he's holding it up. I, <laughs> we're almost done with our conversation and then I'll um, come help you. Okay. Um, so expectations yeah. reality, but so we have the freedom to choose. And again, you know, I say that to myself a lot and I still go straight to my reactivity versus my choice, my better choice. Um, but can we say, you know what, today I'm with my kids 24 seven today. Mm -hmm. I may not get to myself. I may not have the me time I want. This is reality and I am going to accept what's coming my way. And so again, easier, you know, yeah, I, I think though, like it is, it's really important to be mindful about when we're looking at the day ahead of us and the elements that are, I've been using essential and non-essential a lot and like discerning what needs to happen in a day. And, um, you know, there are some things going on in this day in particular that are, they're essential. Like I have to work. I, you know, I need to be on this call. I need to um, feed my kids and, um, and be present with them. But there are other things like, you know, maybe getting the kitchen completely clean or every single thing on the teacher's checklist for today doesn't need to get done because trying to meet all of those things, I think for me, at least it sets me up for that feeling of anxiety and overwhelm. And like, I'm here, I am alone trying to get all of this done and manage my kids' behavior. And sure enough, they're sensing that energy within me and just responding to it because that's what we are, okay, you know, right. that we're human beings. We, we have those mirror neurons and we're ener energetic. We respond energetically and our kids are probably even more in tune, um, when it comes to that. And so just acknowledging, like, I, I do have the choice. There are options that I can like eliminate from the to-do list here um, so that I'm not losing my mind yeah. <laughs> or, you know, or like losing my temper on the, on kids who like they're, like you said, they're not bad. It's not their fault. It's just right. when, when we get in the heat of the moment, it feels like that's the trigger, but it's, it's about a lot more than that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I have another thing right at three, so I hate to cut this short and I would love to continue the conversation. Um, so feel free to invite me back. Okay. Whenever works, but, um, thank you yeah, so much, Rachel. Short, but yeah, no problem. Thanks, All right. Have a okay. wonderful afternoon. You too. Bye.